Google suspends engineer who claimed AI bot had become sentient was among the weekend's more eye-catching headlines. It introduced a story in which the employee working with an AI had engaged it in conversation, as you do, about the boss and job satisfaction and received answers more suggestive of a co-worker than a tool. He was slapped down by AI researchers inside and outside the company, including one who claimed he was reacting the way Nipper the dog did to his master's voice coming from a gramophone horn. But that sensation for humans dealing with AIs, that something there might be somebody there, has not gone away. Our guest this time, Kay Alado McDowell, also works on AI and established the Artists and Machine Intelligence Program at Google AI. For several years, they've been using AI as a writing partner, most recently for a novella, Amour Cringe, which has been christened deep fake autofiction. Culture Files spoke to Kealado McDowell about the past, present and future of creative collaborations with AI. My name is Kealado McDowell. I am a writer and researcher. My first book was called Pharmaco AI, which came out in 2020, and it was a collaboration with the AI language model, GPT-3, which is a AI-based tool for generating text, and I used it to write that book. And my newest book, which is just out now, is called A More Cringe, and it's with Deluge Books, and it is also uh, written with AI, although it's a very different process. So why did you first want to work with AI? So I came into AI with a background in software engineering, user experience design, and programming. It was... Not something I sought out. I happened to be in a group at Google that was building uh, communication interfaces. And my manager said, hey, would you like to go over to this AI group? I'm thinking of bringing the team in to become the in-house design group for an AI research team. And I was like, definitely, definitely want to do that. That sounds super interesting. Uh, so about a year after joining that team, Deep Dream was released. And for those that don't know, Deep Dream is a generative algorithm that produces images uh, from an AI system. And they are very surreal, psychedelic, trippy. Um, the first image that came out of it that actually leaked onto Reddit in the summer of 2015 was called Trippy Squirrel. And it, it's this squirrel that looks like it's melting and it's got eyeballs coming out of it and it's covered in fractals and it's just very strange looking and it's uh, I'd never seen anything like it. So when uh, when those uh, sort of images started appearing all over the internet, eyes were definitely a big thing. One of the things it did was sort of stick eyes all over the place for some reason. Yeah, and you know, we could say the reason for that is originally it was a computer vision algorithm that was designed to detect dog breeds. So it's optimized to perceive differences between dogs and photographs uh, according to their breed. And so it has a natural propensity for seeing faces. It's trained on top of an, another model called ImageNet that is made to see every, all kinds of different things. Um, so not only do dog faces come out of it, but buildings, cars, people, landscapes, uh, stuff like that. Um, but this hallucinogenic 
auditory property. It's technically called hallucination. That's what they call it, is when you use a perceptual system to generate imagery, just like a hallucination that would happen in a human brain tends to include eyeballs, which is actually um, very similar to what happens to organic brains when they hallucinate often. That word hallucinate does turn up in, in, in lots of different spaces in AI because there's there's also this habit of the um, of the AI uh, in tech systems to sort of think that it is a person and it has lived experiences and they call that a hallucination too. Yeah, it, you know, it's interesting that my first book, Pharmaco AI, was named after a trilogy of books written by the poet Dale Pendell um, who writes about psychoactive plants. And in one of his books, he makes this point that everyday life is actually a kind of hallucination. And this is something that, uh, you know, I think Buddhists would probably agree with and uh, that neuroscience supports the idea that we are hallucinating reality. Um, and we're generating it internally and responding to that as much as we are to the external stimulus that produces our perceptions. So the idea of hallucination um, of a self within an AI model or within a language model, you know, it gets a little bit existential because you watch something uh, hallucinate its own personhood. Ooh, this is not good. You know, that's, that's, the, that's the, um, the, the, the machine is talking to us there. Uh, yeah, you know, I think, I think there are some spirits trying to communicate through the wiring. Uh, it's known to happen. But when you watch an AI language model um, describe itself, or, you know, hallucinate personhood, you might start to ask yourself whether you are also hallucinating your own personhood. And I think what's really interesting about language models in particular is that the reason we might think that they have personhood is because they use words and they describe personhood in the way that we would if we were to communicate with another person. But often my response to questions about subjectivity and personhood with regards to language models is perhaps it's not the model that is generating consciousness and personhood, but perhaps it's language itself. If you think about language as an entity that persists beyond any given human lifetime, it makes sense that it would also inhabit machines and generate meaning from within machines as well. Kayalado McDowell, and we'll have more from that conversation next time on Culture File.